All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to the Sports by the Hour podcast. This is uh, Ethan Chap and Evan Sillett. And uh, today we're doing Week Two NFL reactions. And the first game we're going to talk about is a Thursday night game between the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. And in this game, the Bengals are uh, the Browns won thirty-five to thirty. Um, so far, my biggest takeaway from this game, uh, take like taking a step back from the players is like the organization, the Browns. From what I've seen, they can only play good against bad teams that have no real pass rush or no real pass coverage. Yeah, weak defense. Yeah, just in general, weak on every part of the defense. So, I mean, not like going into like a deeper delve into it. Joe Burrow had a whale of a game, three touchdowns, 316 yards on 37 on 61 attempts and 37 completions. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, the 61 attempts in your second NFL game, I think, is pretty crazy. Uh, that just shows like your your franchise's confidence in you. Oh yeah, no, for sure. The coaching staff, everyone obviously is completely in on him and, and trusts him. And then <laughs> when he goes out there and he throws three touchdowns and zero interceptions against a pretty talented defense. I mean, oh yeah. Miles Garrett's playing. Denzel, Denzel Ward was healthy. playing. So was Greedy uh, Williams playing? Uh, I don't believe so. I don't believe he played. Um, and if he did, I don't think he played a ton of snaps. But yeah, I would think he was out. But still, like that. Yeah, the defense is still nice. And Denzel Ward on AJ Green, which is actually one of my notes. AJ Green didn't really play that well. Um, he only had what three? Yeah, three catches for twenty nine yards on. 13 targets so obviously they were trying to get it to their manager green and i mean he didn't like i think he had a few were which were catchable where they were hard catches yeah. uh but tens of war just on him the entire night that but, he was double coverage for yeah anytime it was just but joe burrow joe burrow played actually really really good uh he, this is the second game in a row where he's kept it close enough uh, and i know in the fourth quarter uh he had the 14 points and it wasn't really that close but the game ended with a five with a five score uh deficit so in his first two games he's in the week one, he set it up his, his team to win or tie, go to overtime. And this week, he kept it within a touchdown against a. I think both of these teams are well over. If you look at the talent wise, the other team is definitely more talented. Okay. So, um, there's definitely. I didn't. I wasn't super high on Burrow. I wasn't like low on him or anything. I wasn't super high off him coming out of college. And I think he's really shown that he's actually a playmaker. He's making differences right off right off the bat. Yeah, two back to back games. He's kept it close. Yeah, like not not. Shanty. One thing that's a shame because I really actually like the way that he's been playing with his offense. Like he has Mixon, he has Boyd, um, Higgins. I'm, I'm excited for the Higgins. Obviously, AJ Green. I love AJ Green. But the CJ Uzma, yeah, the tight end. Yeah, the tight end that he's been he's been liking in both games. Big target guy. Uh, went down with like apparent like leg injury, yeah. and it looked pretty bad on the replay. So we'll have to wait and it, see. It looked. It was like the shot up. Yeah, it was like, like the, the shot. Back. Like it looked like the tendon or something like popped up on the back of his leg on the replay. So. But, I need to get carted off. I think. It looks like he found an, a rhythm with Drew Sample fairly quick. Yeah, after that. Afterwards. Yeah. No, Sample's definitely like slow right now. More of a oh, he's definitely, guy. yeah. Yeah. But I mean, to an extent, that's kind of what they need. Yeah, tight end's good for that. AJ Green likes to go deep, even though he's kind of more, I, I think he's more of a possession wide receiver. And then Tyler Boyd, is a, he's been slot or wide receiver too his whole career. Um, But one thing I want to highlight is Joe Burrow with 61 attempts through no interceptions yep and he was uh, pressured a whole lot more than baker mayfield who was pressured at ho- total times that's nice qbr he got zagged zero times yeah Z- zagged zero times he wasn't hit after yep. play and he threw one interception on a third of 
Burrow's total total throws. Yep. I mean, they both had a great game. I don't want to. Yeah, you're right. Bigger got hit, shade, but Baker got hit zero times. Yeah, he didn't get a, they didn't get a single QB hit. So, with no pressure, uh, he still no. Threw. So I'm I'm high on the um the the Brown side. Like I, so, yeah, Baker didn't play a terrible game. Uh, he went he completed 16 out of 23, 219 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. You had Chubb and Hunt going off like normal. Chubb had 124 yards, averaged 5.6 yards, two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt had 86 yards, 8.6 yards per carry, and one touchdown. So, like, the, the two-headed beast was running. Yeah. Burrow played – I mean, not Burrow. Uh, Baker played okay, not amazing. Uh, but, I mean, he played a lot better than week right. one. And then Odell actually got into a, a swing of things. He had 74 yards on four catches for one touchdown. And they still, like, only won by five. Yeah, and that was my that was my problem. Like like the de- like the defense, I don't even think it was playing terrible. Burrow was just making plays. Yeah, I mean they, it they was got just... to him. They got to him three times. They sacked him three times, and they hit him eight times. Yeah, I mean that's not really. And he much. still put up thirty. So, I mean, I don't really, I don't really. The offense, like even when it seemed like the Browns were playing pretty well, they still didn't shut out the Bengals, who talent wise, is not not as good in my opinion. Um, so one thing that was pretty surprising to me was Cleveland is more of a rushing team. And like, from what we've seen, they rely on the rushing game a lot, but their time of possession was a hell of a lot lower yep. than, uh, the, the Bengals, which was kind of surprising to me. And the Bengals threw the ball 61 times. So that's a lot of play stoppages for incompletions. So, I mean, a big part of this game, I felt like the reason it was so close was because Cleveland just couldn't maintain the the ball game so whenever they got a lead well they they kept the lead but they weren't able to just run the clock out i felt like it was always drawn out for too long but overall i think the browns have really found a rhythm with their run game and they're going to continue to like as you said use the two at a beast and i feel like a big part of it is going to be if the wide receiving core of the Browns can get back to what we all know them to be with Odell, mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry. Oh, uh, yeah, Hooper, too. Yep. So, no, yeah. So, I really think that this team is going to run through Chubb and Hunt. And, like, I'm not really that worried about it on that set because there's no other running back do I like better. So, as long as their defense can play a little bit better. I mean, I really think it was just Burrow playing really well, but the defense yeah. has to play a little bit better. Maybe Miles Garrett get a quarterback a little bit more or a secondary hold up a little bit longer. Or honestly, yeah, I would say just get more pressure, especially on a younger quarterback like Burrow. Like, any any young quarterback, just hit him with a blitz and see how he can react to it. But, I mean, it seemed like he did okay, but is Baker just, like, main... Like, he... If he just can be a game manager and then occasionally hit the big shot downfield to, like, Odell or Landry... That's how they're going to win games. But, like, heavily rely on uh, Chubb and Hunt. But, like, after watching that game, I thought it was kind of more of a win for the Bengals, just the way that they played and looked. Because, I mean, the Bengals aren't supposed to be losing one-possession games after getting no, number one overall pick, in my opinion, with that defense. And for real, we're not, like, no per- no sane person is going into this, like, Bengals are going to have a playoff season. Like, yeah. this is, they're probably a year or two away. And the fact that they're keeping it close to everything they play against is a good sign. Yeah, and they're a year or two away. If they're lucky, their division is incredibly hard. But, I mean, they're hanging in there, so I'm excited to see them next week. I agree. All right, next game we're going to talk about is probably the most exciting game of the week. We have the 
Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. And Dallas won this game 40-39. to um, And I th- we both actually got this one wrong. We both we both went with the Falcons yeah. on this one. And then it looked good, and then the Falcons blew a 20 nothing lead after the first quarter. The one time I don't choose yeah. the Cowboys and the pick them. Yep. They, <laughs> they come back from 20-point deficit. All right. Where do you want to start with? Um, I think we have to address the, the, you know, the problem here. <laughs> uh, uh, this is just for me. This is my biggest takeaway from this game, and it's always been a takeaway from pretty much every Falcons game I've ever watched. Is their offense goes out week after week, scoring twenty plus points, four hundred plus yards, but it all it always comes down to their defense not being able to stop an offense in the third and fourth quarters. So I don't know what they have to do. They, they should probably do a bend, not break mentality instead of just letting up these big plays and just allowing a, allowing Dak Prescott to score three back-to-back quarters of 10-plus points. Yeah, no, uh, we were talking about it in the last podcast, like all about second half. They got outscored 30-10 to 10 in the second half. It's pretty hard to win any game if you're getting outscored by 20 points in the second half. Yeah. And that was enough to lose by one. On the Atlanta Falcons side. But, like, you know, it's easy to just point the finger at Matt Ryan and the offense for not, you know, getting outscored in the second half. But oh, no, I don't think they went up by. Uh, they had a 19 point lead. No, no, I don't think it's their fault the at all. Half, I, think, yeah. I think if you if you score 39 points, you should win that game like 95% of the time. And then they pretty much handed the game over to the Cowboys on a silver pallet, silver plate. On the, on the onside kick. kick. There's yeah. no reason somebody should have fallen that or just do something. Yeah. Instead just of go just get the watching ball. it. Yeah. Instead of just watching it touch the field and then go into a Cowboys hand. Yeah. Um one, I mean Matt Ryan didn't play bad. Um yeah. twenty four completions out of thirty six attempts, two hundred and seventy three yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. But the big player of the game for the Falcons, uh, was uh Calvin Ridley. Yep. Seven receptions, hundred and nine yards, two touchdowns. Um this is definitely me and Evans, uh, one of our biggest hits. We were both super high on Calvin Ridley uh last year, and then especially this year we talked about him with the targets, and we said that Julio's going to get his targets, but then with Hooper leaving, that leaves Ridley and Hurst, and Ridley has the has a history with Matt Ryan from last year, and we thought, especially with his route running and his availability to get open, especially if he's not the main focus of an offense, he's yeah. just going to thrive. Now, I know Jones, at the end of this game and leading up to next week, has been dealing with like a possible hamstring injury, so it'll be interesting to see if he plays next week, and if Ridley becomes that number one target, how that'll affect him, but as of right now, that's not really his job. His job is just to be a good number two next to Julio, and he's doing a great job at that. Yeah, I'm I'm very, like, i am always been kind of hot on Matt Ryan. I know some some people have not, but he's had two back-to-back games with three-plus touchdowns, and then the first game was with 400-plus yards. Yeah, he scored, I think, over 30 points in both his losses. So, yeah, far. so no, that's not on him. So he's just doing a pure air raid, but as I said, the Falcons' defense, and then I don't know... What their special teams is doing, but like th- those two are crucial to winning, and they just continue week after week to prove that they can. Talking about special teams, not knowing what they're doing, uh, the fact that the Cowboys went for two fake punts and both failed terribly, yeah. um, as well as McCarthy's fourth and three in game one. Uh, like that's just two really bad play calls in this game. That yeah. in a game where they had to come back and win, that like. When you get down to the end of the season and you start looking at the record, especially in this division where it's been around eight and eight, and any 
there's been a there's been a tight competition. I don't know who's going to compete for them. That they might, might not be the Eagles this year, but someone probably will be there. Yeah. If it's Washington, if if it's Washington or the Eagles, I don't think the Giants are going to do it this year without Barkley. But no. if someone's at the end of this year competing with them, and you start looking back at the season, you're looking at these questionable fourth and three with 11 minutes left, or these fake punts. When you're already down, that have a as you, they, as we both have says, yeah. talked about, they have a significant low yeah. percentage. You're gonna of complete of actually making yeah. it work. So if you want to go for it, fine, go give the ball to Zeke or go give the ball to Cooper, yeah. or go get the deck. But I'm saying these calls that are gonna swing these close games, they're gonna fall back down on McCarthy, and it's not like they blame Garrett, but like I I don't I have not loved uh, McCarthy's play uh like play calling. I think, so far in the first two weeks. I think he's just trying to get out of his, the bubble that he has kind of encompassed himself around as a game-managing coach. Like, he's mm-hmm. like, we're going to play conservative, we're going to punt, fourth down every time. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the field goal, whether or not. And I feel like he's just trying to break the norm. But I don't think that's what the Cowboys need. I think they need the norm. Yeah, I know. I think they hire you to do what you do. And then, obviously, different situations call. But I, I don't know. I just want him to make smarter decisions, on the, especially the fourth downs. Yeah. Um, because I, it'd be a shame if you're losing games on fourth and threes in with in the middle of the fourth or fake punts when your punter is supposed to be throwing passes and he's like falling over trying to do it. And then, a uh, player I want to highlight, my player of the week is Derek Prescott with four touchdowns, three of them rushing, one one through the air, 450 yards on the dot, on 37. Uh, I'm sorry, 47 attempts, 34 carries. Completions. completions. Yeah. But um he also had two hundred yard receivers. Yeah, two hundred yard receivers and four fifty yard receivers. Yeah. Which is pretty good. With CeeDee Lamb, who is a rookie who is showing that you draft him in the first round and he's showing that he's a first round talent. And then Amari Cooper, who's he he's been showing it near the end of last season and into this season why you traded two first rounds for him. But uh, one person I really want to talk about is Dalton Schultz. Man came out of nowhere with nine receptions, eighty-eight yards, and one touchdown. I, uh, if if you were gonna tell me who I would expect to get that stat line on the Cowboys, I would have definitely put Gallup over him. Yeah. But I no, mean, he was a nice big target for Dak in like the middle of the field a lot in that game. So especially when they were trying to come down, just like when you're, they think you're gonna do like the big deep shot. Yeah. And then you scan the middle of the field, and he's just sitting there for an easy, like, 7, 8, 9, 10-yard completion, and you can turn up for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, no, it really it worked really well. But I think the big problem – not the big problem. I think the running game for both these teams is a little bit lackluster. With Zeke with 22 carries, 89 yards, four, averaging four with one touchdown, I mean – I, he was if, able to punch it in. Yeah, as long as you average over, like, uh, 3.3, I'm happy. If you're averaging, like, if you're averaging where I can give you the ball first, second, and third, yeah. and you get a first down, that's good. But if you see Zeke have 22 carries, you want him to get 100. Yeah. And, and he had the fumble in the day, too, so. And but then, overall, I think he played well. I mean, obviously, we don't all have, like, huge expectations for Todd Gurley because we all know he has the knee problems. So. I don't have huge expectations for I, him. Yeah. I, I expect him to do a little better, but he had 21 carries, 61 yards, averaging 2.9 and 0 touchdowns, which is not a good stat line, yeah. in my opinion. So, overall, I was I think that this Atlanta team is going to be way too uh, in the air, dependent, and yeah. then eventually a team is going to game plan for that and not crowd the box and just 
play out. Yeah, their lack of ability of running the ball is what was part of was is part of the big reason why they're blowing all these leads is because once you get up twenty zero, you can't run the ball and run the clock at all without having to punt and go three and out yeah. because you don't have a run game to drain the clock. It's the same problem that the Chiefs had before, and then they they've gotten on the drill. So that's what they were trying to do by feeding Gurley with twenty one carries, but it just didn't work. So. Yeah. All right, you ready to go in the next game? Yes, sir. All right, so next we got uh, Chiefs-Chargers. Um, so in this game, uh, this is when Justin Herbert was alerted that he was starting this game, like, I think I think they said, like, two minutes before kickoff. Yeah. And for a rookie to debut in the second week of the season, going against Patrick Mahomes and the defending champions. And on that such short of notice. Yeah, in such short of notice is a, is a pretty, I mean, it's pretty special the way he played. He uh, completed 22 out of 33 passes for... 311 yards. He had one touchdown, one interception. The interception was kind of like a really bad play down the stretch, but I mean, like, he's a rookie and it's his first game, so that just kind of happens. And he had a QBR of 76.2 and a uh, passer rating of 94.4, which is actually higher than Mahomes in that in this yeah. game. So for him to, to play this well in those circumstances, especially because me and Evan weren't really that high on him coming out of the draft. Yeah. Um, they look, he made the offense look explosive, actually. Like, he, he hit Keenan Allen downfield. Uh, I know Eckler was involved in the rushing and the, uh, passing, or receiving game. And, um, it was actually just, it was pretty exciting to, uh, to see it. Yeah, do you want to highlight Eckler? Yeah, um, Eckler is, uh, obviously, he's known for his receiving threats. Just being the receiving, rollout, slot, whatever you need him to do. He's, like, one of the best receiving backs, yeah. But... I mean, he also showed that he can also punch it through on the on the ground with 16 carries, 93 yards, averaging 5.8. Yeah. But one thing that surprised me was the fact that Joshua Kelly got more carries. He had 23 carries on 64 yards, averaging 2.8, and they just didn't feed Eckler more. I think that actually works out better for this team because Eckler thrived last year. When Ingram was running, well, I mean, like the first half, no, because Ingram wasn't there. But when Ingram Gordon. came to, yeah, 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 not Ingram, yeah, Gordon. When Gordon came to be like, when he came back from the holdout, and he was like their, like their heavy, like run back, and then you have Eckler who can roll out for the pass. I think Eckler's more explosive in the passing game, uh, and especially for like we told us about this a lot with Lamar last year. If you give a young, like young quarterback, in this case a rookie quarterback, one of the best receiving backs, and he like, and he's gonna be fresh, he's gonna be ready to go because someone else can take the carries. I think that helps out their offense in the long run. And then Tyrod as well, because Tyrod's a big check down guy as well. So I think if Eckler can, I mean, he still gets his carries, because like you said, he's averaging yeah. 5.8. But if he can get more involved in the passing game, because I remember week one, that was a shock to both of us in the Bengals yeah, game, just, he didn't. Yeah. He was just rushing the whole time. I think if they can get him off of it, uh, that would be good. But like you said, Kelly carried 23 yards, only got 64 yards, and averaged 2.8. That's not going to cut it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think that Austin Eckler is a dual threat, and when you only run when you run the ball more with Joshua Kelly and you put Eckler back in, they know that it's most yeah, likely yeah. going to be a pass play. So you're kind of telegraphing yourself. So I just feel like I get I get your point. You want to have you want to make it to where you, Joshua Kelly tires out the defense, and then you put Austin Eckler out to do his thing. Mm. But I just feel like it, Eckler should just be touching the ball more because he's just a better running back. Yeah, but. I also, um, going on to the Kansas City rushing, mm-hmm. it was kind of surprising. Last game, they were huge on the rush for Carlos Clyde Hilaire, using him any chance they got. But this one, they only had 10 carries on 38 yards. Yeah. 
zero touchdowns. Like it yeah, was very no, with this game they got down. They got not like big, but they were they were down for most of this game. Yeah. Like they were down 07 and then they were halftime it was 14-6. So they were behind for this game a lot. So in the second half they went more pass heavy. But no, I wasn't surprised. Carlos he Alaire had a crazy debut yeah. game week 1 and then and then it kind of stepped it back week 2. Um for me this is kind of like the Chiefs' offense just got off to a slow start, but I mean, I think anyone really watching this game kind of knew that the Chiefs would just bring it back. And then in the fourth quarter, they score eleven points, and uh, the Chargers score three. And then in overtime, uh, Anthony Lynn decided to punt on a fourth and one when you're against the Chiefs in overtime, where you know if you punt the ball to them and they score, yeah, it's over. I don't really know if that's the right call. I kind of rather. I know they were backed up in their own position, but like odds are you're against Patrick Mahomes in that offense. They're going to score at least a field goal. I'd rather live and die on my offense. And maybe that's because it was the rookie uh, quarterback, but honestly, I'd let him go out there and try to make a play. Especially I, Herbert. Just, Herbert's a big dude. I would just tell her, I would just tell Herbert, dive. Yeah, no, yeah, dude, Herbert's dude, a big dude, player. Dive. Uh, yeah, I would name. definitely, definitely would have let him line up behind center. We'll talk about another team that I think should have lined behind up center and just push it through. But, uh, yeah, no, I think this this game was kind of like the Chiefs' offense starting slow, and then just kind of having faith in Mahomes, and Mahomes got it done. Um, is there anyone else? I know I want to point out one more player. Is there anyone else you want to point out? Um, I was just gonna start talking about the receiving, but oh, yeah, go, talk about receiving. Talk about receiving. Um, Tyreek Hill went out week one with a pretty slow start. He wasn't tar- well. He was targeted a few times, but it was just ball wasn't landing in his hands, or he was covered. But he came out this game five receptions, ninety nine yards. With a long of fifty four and a touchdown. Yep. Like that's that's what he does. That's yeah, he's his, a big shocker. That's his bread and butter. Yep. So it was good to see Mahomes actually going for the long ball this time because against the Texans it was like well, it's a long ball. Yeah. Uh, we mean you mean you both looked at it like he's not throwing any any bombs. And then obviously Travis Kelsey showing why he's second highest paid tight end in the league with nine nine receptions, ninety yards, and a touchdown. Yep. Does a first time every time he throws him first down. Um, one player on the uh, Chargers will be solid. Keenan Allen didn't have a great week one, but week two with uh, Herbert, which is nice nice to see. He uh seven receptions, ninety six yards, so he got downfield. Uh, Herbert completed like I think four passes over at least four passes over uh twenty yards. So I mean that's a nice downfield. He's actually like stretching the ball downfield, making especially when you're against the Chiefs, you wanna you wanna kind of outshoot him. I mean not outshoot him, but you wanna compete with him. It's gonna be almost yeah. impossible to outshoot him. But um. One player I want to talk about is uh, Harrison Buckner, the uh, Chiefs uh, kicker. He had two 58-yard field goals, uh, especially in this league where we see multiple kickers miss extra points every week. For your kicker to hit a 58-yarder and then a 58-yarder again later in the game to win. And, and he kicked that 58. He had to kick yeah, that 58-yarder yeah. three kick, times. He had to kick it 53, then there was a flag, and then he hit the 53, but it's a flag, so they backed it up 58. He hit it, but they, the Chargers caught a timeout, and then he hit it again, all in overtime, game on the line. Um, that's pretty special. So, yeah. uh, hats off to Harrison Butler. He hit it all three times. And he hit two 58-yarders on the day that counted. And a third one that didn't count. So, um, yeah, he played really well. Yeah, right. That's all I all have right. for this game. So, now on to the Ravens and Texans. So, in this game, the Ravens, um, beat the Texans 33-16. to Um, uh, at halftime, it was 20-10. to And the game... Was never really that close. No. Uh, I know. I think early in the game, uh, 
the, the the Ravens had a little bit of like a slow start, but then they turned it up and we got thirty. Or they got thirty three points. Um, I'm gonna start with the defense actually. Uh, on the Ravens, I wanted to say that uh, Patrick Queen, the rookie they got with the twenty sixth overall pick, had nine tackles, seven solo tackles, seven solo tackles, and a QB hit. And then Marlon Humphrey, who we thought might have like a little shoulder shoulder injury, uh, and we won, came out. He had seven tackles, six solo tackles, and then. Marcus Peters had an amazing like diving interception yeah, where was... he he was sitting in the zone and he watched it all the way and when Humphrey and the receiver cut across the zone, Peters just like has like a diving like behind like 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 oh, yeah. diving like over his head catch was, uh, for an interception jaw dropping. Yeah, it so I can't even like like you can't even fault Watson at all. Um, that was just yeah, it was just, that was it was an just absurd play instinct. He knew to cut back. Yeah, it was an all pro making an all pro play. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I wanted to start with the Ravens defense. I thought those were three players I definitely want to talk about. Um. You want to start with the Ravens on this one? Um. We can. Yeah. I so. was gonna talk one thing about the te- te- Texans defense. Oh yeah, go ahead. So obviously, there's not much going for them, but Zach Cunningham came out and had a good, really good game. I I saw him just going across the field all the time trying to make plays, at least trying to stop plays with 15 total tackles and 11 solo. So he was everywhere. It was just like, like you said, with Patrick Queen, and he had a sack. So he did as much as you could ask from a linebacker. Yes, sir. Um, One thing about the Ravens, we'll start with the Ravens offense, was that they got back to like their ground, ground attack. Yeah. Um, They had 230 rushing yards on 37 carries, averaging 6.2 yards a carry. Uh, Gus led the way with 10 carries, 73 yards. Then Ingram with 9 carries, 55 yards. And then Lamar rushed 16 for 54 yards. Um, everyone averaged over 3 uh, three yards a carry. Uh, Lamar did 3.4. Ingram, 6.1. Gus, 7.3. So not only were they rushing at you for 230 yards, but they mixed up who they did it with. Um, so like kind of like the thing with Austin Eckler. is like, oh, when Eckler comes in, you know it's going to be passed. You have yeah. no idea what's going to happen with that. So then also Lamar. In the passing game, played really well. 18 for 24, or 18 completions out of 24 attempts. 204 yards, one touchdown. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he got it done in the passing game and the rushing game. And at this point, we're kind of expecting that. Oh, yeah. So. And one thing that I saw, it was kind of like Patriots-esque. Not like how they played, but, like, also the, the whole thing was don't turn the ball over. Mm. To where just possession, possession, possession. Don't, don't let up a turnover. And, you know. We didn't have a single turnover this game. Yep. No interceptions, no fumbles. So, I was very, very pleased with how the Ravens played mm. and how they just didn't turn the ball over. And they every time the ball was in their hands, they either went and scored or put them into a, diff- a difficult field position. Yeah. And then with the Texans, uh, do you want to talk about the any Ravens receiver? Um, I feel like they they did their jobs. Uh, yeah. Marquise Brown with five receptions of 42 yards, averaging 8.4. Yeah, no, they, they didn't have anyone over 40, and they had six players over 20 yards. So yeah. in between 20 to 40 yards, you have six players. So not only did they mix it up with the rushing game, but they also hit you with everyone in the passing game. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like the Ravens don't really have a true number one, one receiver, and I would say our best like I would say, receiver I would... is Andrews. I would say the biggest threat is Brown, but Brown Andrew, of his, Andrews is yeah. the most versatile. So yeah, Brown's because of his vertical threat, yeah. his speed. But like, I think our best like all together would be Andrews. But oh, then like Andrews only had one reception for twenty nine yards. So I mean, yeah, that was a big play. But like, 
they didn't like gung-ho heavy on him. So it's kind of like whatever situation we're in, that's what we go off of. Like Miles Boykin had four receptions. That's the second most on the team. And no player was targeted more than six times yeah. on the whole team. Yeah, so they completely spread it apart. Um, on the flip side, Deshaun Watson, where you have Lamar and the Ravens, they have like all these different players that can get involved in the receiving game, all these different players that get involved in the rushing game. Uh, I just feel like this man has no help like whatsoever. I feel like his defense is only getting worse. And we already know his receiving core got worse. And then he has, like, on top of that all, he has, like, no rushing game. They had a total uh, total rushing yards with 51 yards, and he had 17 of those yards. Yeah. David I'm, Johnson had 11 carries for 34 yards, and Will Fuller had one for zero. So they had 11 rushes, not counting him, for 34 yards. What is what is a quarterback supposed to do with that? No, I mean, and, and once you can't establish the run game, as we saw with the Falcons, they'll just start prepping for the pass game. And yeah. I... I kind of disagree with the no threats or no weapons. I think Brandon Cooks is a viable weapon. I think Randall Cobb is a good possession receiver. And Kenny Stills can and has shown in the past. So he has to get back into his rhythm. Yes, he's been kind of slacking. But he has shown in the past that he could be a good wide receiver one. I think he did on the Dolphins. I really like Will Fuller, if you can say healthy, on this receiver core. But compared to last year, I think it's clear that their wide receiver got worse. And I don't see any help coming in from, like, from compared to last year to this year, it's not better, and yeah. I don't, I don't know how Deshaun Watson alone is supposed to carry the, like like get this team to the next level. I think the the flaw, the biggest flaw, is they don't have a clear wide receiver one. Yeah, they just have a bunch of wide receiver twos that they threw into a team, and they're all really injury prone too. Yeah, Brandon Which Cooks is, has has, yeah. has been knocked out <laughs> on the field more times than I can count on my fingers. Yeah, and Will Fuller has had leg injuries the last two seasons that show, that ended his season. And Randall Cobb's hamstrings are literally made of glass. So, yeah. like, I'm not, like, as you said, yes, they're injury-prone. Yeah. But I feel like he has threats in the wide receiving core, mm. but he also has Fells, yeah, no, who's no. a big no, tight end. No, I really like Fells. Fells only ran 10 rounds this week. That has to go way up. That has no, to yeah. go way up. They're just having a block because yeah. can you name three d- linemen on that team? I, no. I can't. No. Like, the team is they're struggling on the offensive line part. Deshaun Watson's literally have to run for his life. Yeah, Lambert Tunzel, they trade all his pieces for, and I mean, he's just like average when I watch him. Yeah, play. I'm just, I, I haven't really been like that. That's their guy. This yeah. is this why that's who they trade for. No, yeah, no, Fells, he had, Fells is a giant red zone threat, and he was, what, I think second in touchdowns last year with tight ends. It was like him and Andrews going back and forth all year long. Yeah. Uh, no, he's just, obviously, he has a connection with Watson, and he's such a huge target for him in the red zone. But I mean, I feel like. As of right now, that's one of the shining pieces I see, and I feel like they just need to get that on the field as much as possible. He needs to be running more than ten routes a game. They just need to they need to make it to where they have system blocking, not yeah. just block, because it's not working. He's huge. Teach him how to block too. Yeah. <laughs> or get anyone else that he can be freed up no, for yeah. a pass or two. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm just trying to say like how the Ravens did it back when we our line was struggling with the first year with Lamar. We just yeah. had system blocking. We would yeah. fake one way, go another way. Yeah, we would just we would just fake the defensive line to one way. Yeah. Obviously it won't work for the whole season, but it'll get you through those weeks where you have injury you're injured O linemen mm-hmm. and it'll allow you to just get more Especially because, especially you can do that, like because like, the scheming is hard. Yeah. But when you like, Sean Watson's one of the more athletic quarterbacks that actually could work yeah. with, and he's yeah. not afraid. Like one of my problems with Sean Watson is like, he puts his body on the line and takes the big hits when he really shouldn't doesn't doesn't need to. Yeah. That guy's a gamer. Like he does not care. Like so he's one of the guys that he you could do that with. He's also built of steel. Yeah. It's not Carson Wentz. Going yeah. No. Out. So I, I really really like the Sean Watson, but I I just I feel like. 
he's not surrounded by the best situation, and I don't I don't know what their next steps to get better are. They're sitting at zero and two, and then you have the Jaguars and the Colts that are competitive, and the Titans that are pulling away, especially with Tannehill's four touchdowns this week. So it's going to be rough for them this year, I think. It might it could get really ugly really fast, but they it's not like it's not like jump overboard. They did play Chiefs and Ravens the first two weeks, which is not obviously not great for them, but. The way they played in both of these was just very, very lackluster. Now, this is going to be very controversial, but I know he's still a free agent, or he's either a free agent or somebody you can get for, like, a fifth-round pick, mm-hmm. T.J. Yeldon. Yeah, I mean, um, I think T.J. Yeldon is on the Bills as of right now. But, but I mean, yeah. No, he, we both have liked can, him a lot. You can go get him a fourth round. Just be yeah. like, hey, fourth round for him. And he's shown on the Jaguars, once you put your faith in him, he will get you the yards. Yeah, yeah. And David Johnson is showing that he can't do it. No, I, I think... Uh, by Bill O'Brien, like, he was part of the DeAndre Hawkins trade. Maybe that's him saying, like, we're going to ride or die with this guy. But, I mean, like, I said it when they first got it. Like, this man has not been healthy in, like, four years. No, he, and he's my running back. I, they, they that's were, just not a good – this whole team is injury-prone, except Deshaun Watson, who got injured his rookie year. But they're going to make him injury-prone. <laughs> like, yeah, they compared stats from his last three years to 2016. Yeah. And his last three years, if we added them all together, they still didn't equal 2016. Yeah, David Johnson. Yeah. No, like, he's, he's – yeah, I would not he be He hasn't happy. had an all-pro season since 2016, and rolling the dice and trading away DeAndre Hopkins for him and a few picks is yeah. just not... And not even a first-round pick. Diggs has got a first-round yeah, pick. Yeah, it's not viable. No, and... Cooper got two. David John- I would not be happy if David Johnson is my number one running back, and then if you're going to tell me that he's the only running back with a carry on the week, I'm furious as a, as a fan or as anyone on the team. Like, why... Where's Duke Johnson? Yeah, where's Duke Johnson? Or even if Duke Johnson injured that game, get someone else. Why is he the only... Like, the Ravens have three running backs going, and all of them are 100% healthy. Yeah. And they have three running backs going. Why is David Johnson injury prone? Old David Johnson, your only player with a carry. I just the don't only team that. with an excuse to only to make it to where there's only one person carrying is the 49ers, and that's because the rest of yeah. the triples. <laughs> like, you can't... That's just not... It's not realistic. And then, yeah, David, maybe it's just David Johnson having an off week. But, like... When if somebody's having an off week, you put your other guy yeah, in. Yeah, you put another guy in. Yeah. I agree with you. You ready to go to the next game? Yeah. All right. So the next game is the Patriots and the Seahawks, which I actually really enjoyed this game. It was a Sunday night football game. And the Seahawks won this game 35-30. to 30. Uh, I want to start with – do you want to start with the end of the game? Yeah. All I mean, right, so – You can't not. Yeah, end of the game, uh, Patriots are on the goal line. They need a touchdown. And it's fourth and goal. And they line up uh, in a shotgun with with Cam Newton in shotgun with yeah, a running you have back. Superman in your backfield and, and you line up in shotgun. Everyone knew the ball was going to Cam, and I don't know. Cam had lined up for like I think four or five QB sneaks. We lined up right under center, and he just pushed his giant frame through. And he didn't even jump over. He just pushed a giant yeah. frame through. Not only for a clear yard, like a whole yard, but sometimes two yards. They're on the one. They need it so. I understand. Let's say I say line him on the center and say go be Superman like your old stuff. I know he doesn't want to get hurt like that, but if you tell that man to go jump over the line yeah. on the game when he play, he's gonna do it. And so, they're not really telling him to risk his to risk getting injury that yeah. often. They're telling him run out of bounds and all this. Yeah, no. and if when he the has, game's if on he the has line, one play yeah. of a player to just say hey go above. Yeah. The, no, you, you can yeah. and you can see Bobby Wagner was ready. Like Bobby Wagner was he in the same right He was setting center, right in the center, but that's, that's where he should have been. That's where the game, that's where the play should have went. So I can understand. Let's say or, or you do a play action. Yeah, you don't. Let's say you don't want him jumping over injury. Right. Still line the man up under the center and have him push through and have the running back run up and push through like they yeah. normally do. They put this man in shotgun for then him to 
hike the ball, stutter step to the left, and then decide to run. And then not only does it not work, he gets uncleated and he does a flip and lands on his back. Yeah. Which was a bigger hit than if he just went over top. So, um, once again, this the Seahawks and the Patriots come down to a one-yard play. And I just I just cannot understand the play call. Like Evan said, if you want to do the play action, you have him under center, have the running back run up, and then screw that to the side and hit a fullback or a yeah, tight end. He can wheel out fast enough yeah. to avoid the rush. And then, yeah. Throw but I, I could not believe... I thought we were going to see Vintage Cam go over to, go over the top I for the was... win. And... Me, me, they call it a shock. Like, yeah. Me and you both before the play call was like, let's see Superman. When they when they when they lined up in shotgun, I could not believe what was going on. And then when it wasn't a handoff since they were in shotgun, and he like it wasn't even he didn't even like run to the left. He like stuttered to the left and like almost like it was like a pitch or an option. Yeah. And then decided to run. And then by that time, it's clear that there's no receivers out, and the whole team just crashes in. And uh, with his big frame, he tried to hurdle, and that's yeah. just not. It was just it was just kind of sad to watch because it was such a great game. Um, we can start with we can start with the uh, Patriots. I think Cam played. I think Cam played a great game. Uh, completed thirty. Out of, uh, he played a good game. Russell Wilson played a great game, but yeah, completed thirty out of forty-four uh, pass attempts for three hundred ninety-seven yards, one touchdown, one interception, um, and he rushed for forty-seven yards on eleven carries, averaged four point three yards a carry, and two touchdowns. This is he was Cam also the rushing leader. Yeah, rushing leader um, by a lot. He doubled yeah. the next closest guy, Sonny Michelle, on what four more carries. But yeah, with the you know, God rest their, yeah. their souls. White <laughs> wasn't there for the game because of you know, the family oh, yeah. reasons. But it's just, I mean, you got to establish more of a running game yeah. other than with your quarterback. No, yeah, no. And uh, Cam Newton for passing for 397, uh, or yeah, 397 yards um, with this team. Yeah, with this team that has been like, defined by their lack of skill position players, especially with James White being out of that game. Um, just, like, just shows that, like, I think he's been, because of his ability to expand the pocket, like, roll out the pocket, and work with um, McDaniels, the offensive coordinator, I think he's gotten way more out of the offense that Brady was able to. And uh, I just came a little short. I think yeah, you just pointed out, like, Julian Edelman had a great game. Uh, I know there was some worry that, he wouldn't have a great uh, relationship with Cam because he's a smaller receiver. But man had eight receptions for 179 yards, average 22.4 yards a catch. Like that is, that is that is amazing. Oh yeah. And then um, Bird, which I was actually really ha- happy to see because I needed someone else to step up for this team. Demir Bird yeah. had six receptions for 72 yards, average 12 um, yards a catch. So he had six receptions on nine targets. And then Nikhil Harry actually had eight. Eight receptions for 72 yards on 12 targets. So not only is... Talking about Nikki Harry real quick. Yeah. Um, during the two-minute... They were in a two-minute drill in the game. Mm. And there was... Cam only threw it to one person. Uh, yeah. Unless yeah. they were running. He was only throwing it to Nikki yeah, Harry. Yeah, no, no. Nikki Harry was his go-to guy on that final drive to get down to the one. So, like, like that's, yeah. that's, like a, that's a good sign that they... When Cam Newton needs a play to be made, he trusts... Nikki Harry. That doesn't mean he doesn't yeah. trust Edelman, but, like, he knows... Edelman's, Edelman's number one yeah. double coverage. <laughs> And he knows that Nikhil is going to burn, not burn, but beat his guy. Yeah, no. I was really happy. Like, not only did he have eight catches, but he had 12 targets. It was led the team. So, Cam is realizing that this guy is a big play. He has the potential. He's a big, giant guy. He's the potential to be a good playmaker. So, he's going to them, especially like Evan said. I remember Evan pointed out while we were watching the game that he's going to him when it matters. Yeah, we were watching the game. And I'm yeah. like, dude, he's the only throwing the carry yeah. in the two and then, But Bird, I was really excited about Bird because I saw him on the special teams a few times. Yeah. And he's a little fast guy. And then I saw him with... Six receptions for seventy two yards. I was like, dude, this guy's actually playing. Like he's so like, explosive that the yeah. Need. So I was, 
I was really excited to see that. I think this Patriots team that they're sitting at one and one now. I'm excited for when they play the Bills next. I, the only thing that I wish the Patriots had was a tight end. No, yeah. So they're, they've been trying it out. I think they've. I think they drafted two or three guys this year. Yeah, they've so been I, trying to Ryan Izzo. I think yeah, yeah, two two percent nineteen yards. They they went from being the most heaviest team with Gronk to last year they were thirty second in uh tight end catches. Yeah, they like, had Gronk and Watson, and then they yeah. went to nobody. Yeah, and then last year they they let him Gronk. Watson was like next to retirement. Yeah, now he's retired, he so they went from one foot out the door. Yeah, they were thirty second in the tight end. So no, it, it's kind of like same thing we're talking about Herbert, or not. But we weren't. We didn't say about Herbert. If if they have a nice, oh, it was Dak. He had a big, nice, the Schultz got a big, nice tight end in the middle of the field. If you get that to the cam, especially with this new offense, just trying to get it settled in, if you give him a nice tight end to throw the ball to, oh, yeah. check down to, and it'd be a lot of help, but they don't, they, you're right, they don't have We're, we're going to get to this player in a little bit, but he's also shown with Greg Olson in the past that if he has a viable tight end that if he throws it to, he knows he's going to catch it. Mm. He's, he, he excels. Yeah. But now, do you want to move on to the Seahawks? Yeah, so uh, Russell Wilson, obviously. Had just an absolute amazing game. Uh, completed 21 out of 28 passes, 288 yards, five touchdowns, and one interception. So his one interception was not his fault. It that was, was Greg Olson's fault. It was like the second play of the game. Went, or first uh, play of the game. Right in between his yeah. hands. Just went, went past. Right through Olson's hands. Right into McCourty for a pick six. Uh, I said <laughs> it was uh, Greg Olson's present to Cam Newton to Evan while we were watching the game. Yeah. <laughs> but no, so that was... The interception was not Russell Wilson's fault. And then he just... Goes on to drop five touchdowns and to five different receivers. DK Metcalf had one, Tyler Lockett had one, David Moore had one, Chris Carson had one, and Freddie Swain had one. And so then, not oh, not only is he dominating with five touchdowns, but he's hitting every single receiver possible. And he went twenty for twenty eight. Yeah, <laughs> twenty one for twenty eight. Yeah, he only missed seven seven throws. Yep. And then um, I'm gonna jump past the rushing real quick and go into the receiving game. DK Metcalf showed that he is a, a talent and he's respected as the wide receiver number one when Stefan Gilmore lined up on him and he was able to just I, I'm not going to say disgrace because Stefan Gilmore was literally on him for half of the catches but DK Metcalf with four receptions 92 yards a touchdown and a long of 54 yep he was able to just make this defensive player of the year look like an average Joe cornerback mm-hmm. so I thought that was a big thing and then Another, like, Nikhil Harry two-minute drill was Tyler Lockett. They were on the one drive, he literally threw it to Tyler Lockett five times in a row. Mm. Like, that's that's just trust. He knows, yeah. if I throw it to you, you're either going to catch it or it's going to be pass interference. Like, yeah, that, no. that was just big. Russell Wilson throws, like, the most accurate deep ball ever. Like, not ever, but in the league. Like, yeah. like Mahomes throws the most and Mahomes the most dynamic with it, but, like, the way that Russell Wilson just go right into the bread basket every time. There's a touchdown. The touchdown pass to DK Metcalf that was like, I think it was like 20 or 30 yards down the field. Yeah. Where not only is it Gilmore on DK Metcalf and Wilson has trust. I think DK is an emerging star. I think he's about to bust it open as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, he's, especially with Russell Wilson throwing to him. Like, Gilmore is blanket coverage. Uh, DK Metcalf probably has a half step. When when he catches it, Gilmore is like laid out, hands yeah. across his body, and Russell Wilson just places it like a few inches above Gilmore's laid out hands or laid out body, and then it just drops right into DK and he just like walks in the end zone. And hats off to DK because like Gilmore is the like you said like the reigning defensive player of the year, and not only is this second year like player 
going right at him, but they were like fighting. Oh yeah, he and, was like, physical. They were physical, and he was in his face. And then there was like a fight, like on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. Like it's when Gilmore took DK to the sideline, but then it's on. He's on the wrong sideline. So yeah, he's on the Seahawks sideline. All the Seahawks line. big linemen are going at him. So I mean, obviously Gilmore's a dog. He's not scared, but I mean Metcalf for just stepping up and accepting the challenge, and yeah, then and having ninety-two yards with a touchdown and being like. One of the biggest receivers of the day. Uh, he just he just refused to roll over because I yeah. mean, when I, personally, if I was against the defensive player of the year, I would be like, okay, this is gonna be a tough game for me. But he went out and just was like, I'm going to beat him. Yeah, Metcalf just does not care. So, um, yeah, so that was my that was my big takeaway on on Metcalf. Uh, that really really surprised me. And then Wilson, like Wilson, just played an absolute amazing game. Um, I mean, it's one it's one of those things for me. And I'm getting a. <laughs> I don't want to say tired, that's the wrong word, but I'm definitely getting used to saying, you know, Russell Wilson's having a, a MVP caliber right. game, because this was another one, two back-to-back MVP caliber games, yeah. countless last season. I mean, he's just showing that he is a top three in the league, easily. Yep. But, I have him solidly at my number two. Um, Is it okay if I move on to the Seahawks defense? Yep, yep, Jamal. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I wanna I wanna highlight obviously the two leaders, the two people that they have the most faith in, Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams. Together they racked up nineteen total tackles. Um Bobby Wagner had ten, Jamal Adams with nine, and then Bobby Wagner had five solo, and Jamal Adams had six solo. So these players are literally on pace with each other for tackles and yep. one's a one's a middle linebacker, one's a safety. Yep. So both dimensions of the field are covered, and then also Jamal Adams being able to get it pressure on the QB and get a sack in mm-hmm. two back-to-back games is just—it's showing how fruitful that that pickup was. I mean, me and you were talking about it. We were like, whoever gets Jamal Adams is going. Yeah, yeah we had a it's list. It's just going to be elite. Yeah, I for P. Carroll on this defense to get him is a is a huge game changer. P. Carroll doesn't really keep his safeties around or like for me I don't I don't like how he de- how he treats his safeties with the Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas thing but he definitely knows how to like make them better yeah cuz he gets the most out of yeah. his dynamic defensive players for sure so other than like not being able to keep them for long but obviously Bobby Wagner has kept around for his whole career yep but he has shown that, like... And K.J. Wright, too. K.J. Wright Wright's has been, been the Robin, the Bobby Wagner's Batman yep. the whole career. But I like... I think Jamal Adams is just going to be continue to be a stud for weeks to come. And he had two QB hits and a sack. Like, yep. his safety. I just really hope we get to see... Uh, hopefully, like... I know Kittle's out with, like, a apparent, like, leg injury. But I just really want to see Jamal Adams on the Seahawks defense going against a healthy Kittle. And hopefully, like, the 49ers are, like, competitive with all the injuries they have. But, yeah. like, I really want to just see that. I mean, obviously, we don't see it this year. We'll see it next year. But, like, that matchup, like, Adams on Kittle, I just want to see it. Oh. Yeah. I'm I really mean, I, I think I think that's a – that's everybody, everybody wants to see that. Yeah. I, I, I sure as hell would. Like, even with Isaiah Simmons on Kittle, that was a fa- that was a good game to watch. Yep. I liked watching that. And Kittle's, Kittle's like, talking on the sideline. He's, He's grabby. grabby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Simmons is gonna be all. So of them. I, I mean, I can't wait to hear what Kittle has to say about Jamal Adams yeah. on him because that's <laughs> because that's ten times more Jamal physical. Adams, yeah, Jamal Adams has a little bit more girth, a little bit more boom. Um, yeah, no, I, this was this was a great game. I, I mean, honestly, like, I'm not surprised that the Seahawks put up 35. Like this, like I mean, yeah, it, I, I think it, I don't even think the the Patriots defense played terrible. No, they, just, they have a ton of losses, and then they had a ton of Kobe losses and free agency losses. Uh, but I think it's more hats off to the Patriots. Offense put up thirty, 
um, not only just with Cam, like Cam's just getting used to the team and the weapons they have, but also like the defense on the uh, Seattle is like pretty good. And mm-hmm. for them to put up thirty and be one yard away from winning, uh, I just think the Patriots played a lot better than I thought. I'm definitely, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, no, with I'm... how the Patriots are playing because going into it. I don't know. I was very weird on it because I don't. You just you just didn't know. We haven't yeah. seen a healthy Cam in forever. I'm yeah. I'm really excited how Cam's playing, and they play the Raiders next week, which I'm very excited to see. And Cam has two back to back games with two rushing touchdowns. Yep. So this yeah. is this yep. is as vintage Cam as you get, other than you know. Only these are like uh, other these than are like three yard runs instead yeah. of like. And they're smart runs. Yeah. They're not t- trying to take no, the linebacker. I think McDaniel's doing a great job at that. Not yeah. he's not killing him because he understands that we need him for the whole season. And I think Cam is also I think, yeah, matured I think, a little bit to where he knows he's the star, but it's also he doesn't have to show that he's a star against like players the, like Bobby Wagner. In the interview when he's talking about like how like he's going for next all year because all those teams pass on him, he talks about that if he hadn't given so much of his own body to like the organization of the Panthers, yeah. like like playing hurt and like taking on linebackers on like a third and draw, like on a third down play where like in the, the second he quarter it doesn't matter. To. He was saying like if I didn't do that, pretty much saying if I didn't do that, like where would I be now? You'd be getting paid a lot more than um what are some of the quarterbacks? He's getting I would, I would less than he's getting paid less than Yeah, no, top three he'd be paid. No, he, he has, like, he's making less than a million dollars this year, so which I don't really think he cares about. Yeah, I'm just he, saying, he said it, it's not about the money, yeah, right? No, that's probably respect. No, yeah, he he has enough money. He's an yeah. MVP. He can do any commercial he wants to. But <laughs> I just think like he was saying like if I so he's he's yeah you're right he's not there to put his body in the line anymore as much no. as he has to. But he knows that if he needs to, he will. I think if he would have got that QB draw up the middle, I think he just would have jumped himself. Because he's, yeah. he's, he's one thing, his number one goal is to come into New England, win games, and either get a, get a get a big contract somewhere else or buy in there. And he didn't get the name Superman from nothing. Exactly. No. So it was a sad, it was it was a less than ideal ending for me, but I loved the game. It's probably my favorite game last week. Yeah. I I was, it was one of those games that kept my attention throughout the whole thing. Like, yes, like for example, like the Ravens, we watched the Ravens Texans game, and for me, it was just, kind of boring no, right? it was we, we knew who's gonna win yeah. we knew there wasn't gonna be any i mean obviously the ravens always have a big pl- play chance but it's for the most part it's just we know it's gonna win it's very telegraphed this came out i i told you before this one this is gonna be a good game oh yeah and i all, and all i props to you. yeah and i i, I was excited because i thought the offensive cam would be good i did not i didn't even think they're gonna be this good they, they just, played they played great the entire day they were just very competitive. Yeah, I had, wasn't expecting him to be this competitive. He had one bad play. He had one bad interception. But yeah. they they were driving, like you said, all the way down the field with Nick Harry to get to the one yard line. And then I'm not even gonna blame. I'm gonna blame the. I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna blame the play call. Yeah, the play call. The play call was what ruined the last play. It's not. I mean, like, if he gets, if he doesn't jump and get stuffed on the QB draw, fine. But he didn't even get a chance to. No, yeah. So he, I didn't. He like had that. stopped three yards behind the yeah. one yard line. <laughs> he was on the four yard line getting flipped. Like yep. that's not what you want to see. All right, yeah, so then the Monday night game, the last game we're going to talk about is the New Orleans Saints against the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Raiders won this game 34-24. I was excited about this game because uh, it's just two teams I'm excited to watch. I wanted to see the Drew Brees uh, or the the Michael thomas list Saints. I wanted to see how Drew yeah. Brees and the offense function without him. And then I wanted to see um, Henry, I was, Henry Ruggs' question before this game. He didn't really have that great of a game, but I just wanted to see him, like, play at least a little bit yeah and i'm excited to see Derek carr and josh jacobs in the offense run um my big overall takeaway 
Well, which one do you want to start with? You want to start with Saints or start with the Raiders? I have equal points right, for so, either. So my first two starts, I thought that uh, the Saints offense as like a whole just seemed to like they started off really fast. I remember in the, the first quarter they jumped out to a ten nothing lead, and then after the, kind of that, like a lot of their drives just seemed to kind of stall out. And Drew Brees looked a little inaccurate to me. And then that's what my kind of overall thoughts on the Saints were. My overall things on the Raiders were, like, Derek Carr looked really good. And I think it was one of his better games since, like, breaking his leg back in 2016. And I think that has a lot to do with, like, Derek Carr in the offseason said, like, he's tired of being disrespected. And John Gruden didn't announce, like, he yeah, was he, a starter over Mariota until, like, a week before the season. Mariota, the guy that got beat up by Tannehill. Yeah, and I think John Gruden wants to see, like, Obviously, more out of car, but like kind of more of that edge. Yeah. And this was like the first game in Vegas, and the Raiders just came out and played really good. So I was really excited to see Carr. But let's let's start with the Saints. All right. Um, uh, I thought Drew Brees was just like kind of off last, like on Monday. I thought he was so, just kind of off the whole game. Watching it, I have two things. It's either just an off week. Mm. That's all it's going to be chalked up to. He's going to come out next week and just be normal Drew Brees, or obviously this is more of like a hot take. It mm. could just be his age yeah. starting to show and. I think Drew Brees is going to be somebody that I'm going to pay a lot more attention to because I I need I I feel like you need to know if it's age or mm-hmm. if it's just an off week. So it was like over 20 yard. He was no no yeah that's been that was last year too though. It was just like Michael Thomas is just so great yeah, inside his, 20 yards his slant, that like his slant yeah, god wasn't there. That like it's okay that their offense doesn't. But like also I think like if Michael Thomas is gone, like Alvin Kamara is obviously going to be a threat in the passing game. But the next two guys I would expect to step up would be Emmanuel Sanders and Jerry Cook, and they both didn't help at all. And then if I had to do another one, it'd be Taysom Hill. The next two receivers were Trifon Smith and Ty Montgomery. That's not who I'm sure the Saints were planning on being behind Kamara, who had nine receptions for 95 yards. I don't think they were expecting um, Trifon uh, yeah, Traquan Smith to have 86 yards and Ty Montgomery to be the third receiver with 25. Oh, I don't think they were expected. Like, they expected that. I thought, no. like, Latavius Murray could have more involved. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I was really excited about, but he only had one catch on 18, uh, 18 yards. And the two other targets he had were drops. Yeah. They both hit him right in the hands, and he just dropped them. And then Jared, Jared Cook had two catches for 13 yards on five targets. So I thought that Jared Cook and Emmanuel Sanders kind of let the team down. But to me, like, Especially the the right before halftime, um, the Raiders had just gone up and the Saints were kind of like trying to move the ball and Drew Brees threw like a easy, easy pick like right to the linebacker and then ended up giving them another a field goal. So it was like they went up ten right before halftime, and I thought that was just a really careless play by Drew Brees. Like he should know better. Like yes, when you're when you just gave up a touchdown right before halftime, you want to get down at least get a field goal back, but you can't be throwing wildly. Yeah. To then turn the ball right over to give him another field goal. That's just three points. So, um, I like, like you said, I don't know if it's just his age. Like, obviously, the deep ball not being there is a problem. But their offense has run so well without it that, like, yeah. it hasn't really been a problem. Here's the thing. If it becomes really, really, like, and I told you this last year. Like, he was kind of, like, when he, like, the first game he played last year, he was kind of looking rough. And then Teddy Bridgewater came, played five. And, like, they were saying, like, oh, this might have helped Drew Brees, like, he got, like, five weeks off, and then he came back and played pretty well. If he is falling off due to age, they have Jameis Winston on the bench, who is, like, the exact opposite, who's going to be, like, with Sean Payne, I don't know if he can get the interception down, but he's going to be a guy that he can push the ball to Michael Thomas. He can spread it across the entire yard. So, you have, like, the opposite on the bench. If it, if by week, let's say, like, week 
seven, they're sitting at like four and three or three and four, and like their offense has been like terrible. You I can mean, make that switch. It's definitely Jameis Winston doesn't have the best track record yeah, no, on demand, but he's also been like the unanimous captain. Like other than Drew Brees and you know yeah. Michael Thomas, the, the already set in stone offensive captains, he's been one of the most liked players on that team. Yep, and he had thirty touchdowns. Yes, thirty interceptions, but he was also legally blind. Yeah, and as we're seeing with Tom Brady, Bruce Arians' offense with all the wide receiver options is hard even for Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady's struggling. Yeah, Tom Brady has three interceptions in two games. So James Winston, especially with like Sean Payton, I would say like next to like. Andy Reid is, like, the most ideal offensive, like, centric quarterback. Yeah. So, if anyone other than uh, Andy Reid is going to fix him, it's going to be Sean Payton. Like, I would, I would actually be excited to see Sean Payton in this thing. But, obviously, you don't want to jump ship on Drew Brees, obviously. Like, he, he didn't even play terrible. And I, it's like, he had a passer rating of 91. I just see... It's also going to be PR hell if yeah. you bench him. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I just want to... I just thought that there was a, a few throws that were behind. He missed a few guys. Yeah. And then the interception was really bad. But... I mean, once again, they still scored 24 points. I mean, yeah, it's 24 is more than some teams will score. Yeah, no, if, in, if you're getting three touchdowns and you're getting 24 points, like 20 round, your defense should be good enough to at least keep you in the game. And their defense gave it 34, so yeah, their defense had a rough game. But like we said, uh, Derek Carr had a really nice game. Yeah, um, Derek, as you you said this earlier, yeah. Derek, this is like this is Derek Carr's best performance since his broken leg. Like, it's, it might. It's definitely one of them. I can't... May, all the time I had, I can't think of... It might, it might not be There might be one, one more missing, but, but I can't think of one. He looked He looked really good. It was just... It was vintage Derek Carr. Yeah. This was 2016, 2015 like, Derek like, Carr. Th- like third in MVP vote Derek yeah. Carr. Yeah, this is... Yeah. It was exciting to see. He had uh, completed 28 out of 38, 284 yards for three touchdowns, no interceptions... And then I also want to highlight their workhorse, Josh Jacobs. Yep. 27 carries and 88 yards. That's not a lot of yards, but when you're getting the ball 27 times, they tend to push a little bit up on the box to yep. guard you. And then... And he also was, like, limping at, in yeah. the third and fourth quarter, but he kept playing because they, they were... They had a lead, but they, they needed they to keep to extending keep it. And he kept going out there, and he was a big part of the last touchdown drive and the last field goal drive, okay. so... And then... Obviously, you can't you can't not mention this is Darren one of Waller. my like yeah player of the games like our player yeah. player of the week yeah Darren Waller. You can we, go. we already had the little conversation yeah. about player of the week and he was he's pretty high up there. I mean, for a tight end to get twelve receptions, one hundred and five yards, and one touchdown. The uh, ESPN on the one I think broke down the coverages that they were trying to throw at him. They're trying to throw a zone at him. They're trying to throw a man at him. They're trying to do a pinch where like they have like a like he runs through two zones. Yeah, and then they just had to end up doing. They had a linebacker on him and then a safety over top of him and they had to like bracket him. Like they'd have two men dedicated yeah. to him because he was just he was like the leading force just torching the team. And if he wasn't, then they had Jacobs run up the middle. And they literally didn't have another person with yeah. over forty three yards. Or th- they only had one person with th- they had two people with three receptions. He had ten. Yeah. Twelve, I'm sorry. Yeah, and then like I said earlier, Ruggs did play, but he only had one reception for four yards, but it's like he didn't even play the whole game, but it's like the threat of his speed downfield. It's just, it's just like there. It's like it's like a Tyree Kill thing. Yeah. So like, even though he wasn't healthy enough to like make the catches downfield, he was still there, and it was just like excited to see. Um, also, I'm excited that Jonathan Abram on one of the plays he was cutting across the field, and it looked like he was like falling and stumbling, and he hit like the little go kart thing, 
and he was like laying there and it looked like he like wasn't moving for a little bit but then like they went to commercial break and he was still laying on the ground and then he just popped back up and ran across so i think he was kind of just chilling like laying on the ground it was kind of in shock like what did i just hit yeah but like abram i really think is like and i was really worried when i thought he got injured because me and evan talked about him a lot yeah he's like a hard-hitting safety like there's not a lot of them left in the league just because of the way the league is but like he is all over the field making plays, and I'm just, I think he's on the verge of, like, becoming a star. He's, like, to think of it, he's, like, Tyron Matthew on the Texans. Yeah. Like, he has all the potential to do it. He went to the Chiefs and did it. Yeah. I just think. Or on the Cardinals way before when he did yeah, it, too. Yeah, it's just going to take him doing that step. There's not a lot of help, either. Oh, yeah. Like, and the defense, like, as a whole isn't very good. And but I think he will be like the centerpiece moving forward. I just really, I really enjoy watching him play. I'm always looking for to see where the double crosses are. <laughs> Other than Joyner, they don't have a leader yeah. on defense. Well, Colleen Farrell, Farrell was Crosby. like, like the Colleen Farrell, like from Clemson, was like their first round pick last year. He was in like the Clemac trade, but like he had an okay year last year and he hasn't done that. Like, I mean, it's only week two, but he hasn't done that much, but he's been okay. But like, yeah, he hasn't taken over like leader. Yeah, like, this have... is my team. So I think Abram. He plays like it, so I don't. Hopefully, he he's like it, like in the, the locker room where the, he's like, "This is what we're gonna do." Like he can lead them because when he's playing, he looks like a leader. The only problem with putting him in as a leader is he li- he puts his body on the yeah, line. Yeah, literally be every game, hit. Yeah. So you're not you're, he's not guaranteed to play every snap, and if he's yeah. the one with the mic on, you might not have him for every single play. Yeah, no, no. So he could be like, uh like a morale leader. Yeah, but he doesn't need the green dot. No, I, I agree with that. He could be the guy like. Like, Mark Ingram is, like, the Ravens' offense hype guy. Yeah. He, but he's he, not he, the best player. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a good... Other than Crosby, I think Abram has a good chance of becoming the best one. Yeah, no, I think... Yeah, I think he might be the best one. But... I, I just think Crosby's a really good... I, I'm, yeah. I'm hot with him, just as a DN. But I think Abram, if he takes that next step, he can take the, he can take the number one spot easily yeah. on that defense. No, yeah, I'm really excited... Um, I'm just really excited. I'm very excited he's happy, and I'm excited to see this uh, Raiders. I think the Raiders, they like we said, the Raiders and the Patriots are the next week's matchup. I'm really excited to see that game. Um, any other takes on this game? Um, actually, no. I think I only have like any other thoughts on week two. I have like one more that I want to say. Uh, say yours. Uh, I'm kind of worried about the Vikings. I don't really know what's going on with the Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins, like, it's kind of funny. Me and you both have been, like, anti-Kirk Cousins. Like, we've not been very high on them. And then we were going all all season. We were going at everything. Like, even though we consistently hate on him, he's getting paid all this money. But he's not, like, a playmaker. He's just a general man. Like, he's a game manager. The second we were both like, all right, yeah, this year, this is the year he'll win the division. This completely is crap in the bed. They scored 11 points last week. He had, well, I think he had three touchdowns. Yeah. I know, three, no, not touchdowns, three interceptions, I'm pretty sure. He just... Yeah, zero touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, 11 completions on 26 attempts with 113 yards. So... Then also with Dalvin Cook not being able to fire off anything, it's just they're... Yeah, Dalvin Cook had 63 yards rushing on 14 carries, which is still 4.5 yards an average, but, like, this man was, like, leading the league with Zeke last year and Barkley and McCaffrey. Also, obviously, you know, it, a defense can't really do much when the offense gets three turnovers, when they, they get three extra drives yeah. that they shouldn't have. And then, but, like, also the Vikings defense isn't looking like the Vikings defense. No, it's it's looking like Jacksonville's defense. Yeah. I'm not really, I've really been very impressed by them. And then, obviously, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are trying, but if Kirk Cousins is not putting it where they need it, then yeah. they can't they can't catch the no, ball. I think, 
maybe for them not like there was always like a who's number one Thielen or Diggs and I, I really like we we both I really like Jefferson Jefferson led the team in reception yeah. with yards receiving yards with forty four but um I mean maybe Diggs was really helpful maybe defenses were just which we were kind of saying the whole time maybe defenses are saying like Diggs is a clear number one here yeah. um, Diggs is the most explosive Adam Thielen yeah he's I don't think he's great, a lot but, of Edelman. Yeah. Like, Edelman, you just need to one-on-one him. He's not, he's, he doesn't really go deep. And then the one time he goes deep, he might burn you. Yeah, then he got the, uh, yeah. he got the, uh, the Seahawks guy in the one. So you, yeah. gotta, you gotta respect it. But at the same time, you just do one man on him. Like, yeah. D- Diggs, you need two because he's faster than the first guy you're, pr- you're pressing. Yeah. No, so I'm, I was really shocked about the Vikings and... I don't love the idea of them going, oh, and they're 0-2 now and next week they got the Titans, so... They definitely got a tough matchup to keep themselves from going 0-3, especially when the Bears and the Packers are uh, both undefeated at the moment. But, yeah, so I think the Vikings, like, like Evan said, it's not even just their their offense and Kirk Cousins throwing it away. And you have Mike Zimmer, the defensive-minded coach, giving up 43 in Week 1. So um, that was kind of my, like, big shock was just how how bad the uh, Vikings have been, like, overall. And then one this is just one of my thoughts, was the Cardinals, they're the real deal. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we we saw that week one. But, like, this Washington team, they don't have a good offense, but defensive-wise, you gotta respect their defense, and they scored 30 on them. I would This is two back-to-back games against top defenses, or Washington isn't a proven top defense, but They have I think a lot of talent. They have yeah. a very, very talented defense with just Overscoring. Yeah, so it'd be, be exciting to see how. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was it was good. It was good to see Murray play so well against yeah, them. And then Murray just ca- proceeded to just be Murray. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think he had I think he had ninety one rushing yards that game, something like something crazy. Um, he I, yeah, so he's just playing great on his on his feet and uh and on the ground like he's just yeah he had sixty seven sixty seven yards. I think ninety one was the first week then. But yeah, no, yeah. he's just. Not two only, touchdowns on the rush. Yeah, not game. only is he he's he's becoming a great deep pass thrower. Um, he's he's also a huge problem in the run game. So no, Murray has been very excited to watch too. The whole entire uh, NFC West, and it's a shame that the Forty ers are still uh, are injury prone right now, but they're still sitting at what one and one. And then um, this is just my this is my last thought is like this is just a Washington football team because I think they have a a good chance to be competitors in the NFC East. Um, they're probably one of the better second half teams I've seen in the league so far. Like, obviously, they only scored fifteen, but that was their whole point score. That was third and fourth quarter. They came out first half and just completely got shut out. They went down by twenty, and then they still and they had a huge comeback week one against the Eagles yeah. too. Yeah, so they're just proving that they go they go in halftime. So they're able to solidify their first and second quarter mm-hmm. game, and then come out. In the second yeah, half. The Haskin halftime speech must be something yeah. incredible. Or Ron Rivera with the <laughs> IV in his... Yeah. It must he, be, he must be... He Haskin must be better helping up the, helping up the, clear out, uh, the team before the uh, before the game, too. Ron Rivera's drawing up. I mean, <laughs> I'm very... I am i don't want to say I'm hot on the skins. Not the skins. The Washington football team, I apologize. But, like, I think that they have potential. They've and been then, a pleasant surprise, for yeah, sure. And the Cardinals are just... I think they're the real deal. I think... I wasn't that hot on them going into the season. I just thought they would need another year to solidify themselves. But <laughs> I, I can't believe how I, I effective. Be more wrong. I can't believe how effective the uh, 
the Murray to Hopkins connection has been like I mean like obviously like Hopkins is a great like receiver yeah but like and then so and Murray is like he's a ascending quarterback but like uh, I mean it's been like clicking from day one yeah I mean, it was it was instant as click they've got he's gotten what two back to back hundred yard yeah. games no, it's just it's it's very very clear that's gonna work and so yeah it Hopkins is very happy in yeah. the new team oh, from yeah. what we've seen so yeah, like, his Twitter has been. Very, very, very interesting. He's so. very, he's been very happy. <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, that was week two reactions. Um, week three has a lot of like interesting close matchups, so that would be a fun one to dissect next week. But uh, yeah, yes, so yeah, this has been the Sports Buyer Podcast. This is uh, Ethan Shap and Evan Sullivan.